Well, hello. Hello. I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> okay. But I'm so excited because at the end of this, we're going to talk about g- feel good. Yes, feel good. <laughs> I literally, it's the easiest name to remember and I always forget it. I'm like, being good isn't good enough for good. It should be called for good because then it should just be <laughs> wicked. Do you mind if I start? Because I'm going to talk about something we maybe should have talked about last week. Sure. Okay. So Shit's Creek ended. Okay. And I know that you haven't seen the last, I don't know, like three seasons or so. I've only like seen that. the first two seasons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The ending was one of the most like magical, emotional roller coasters on TV. Like, the only thing that I can really compare it to is have you ever seen the end of Friends? No. Oh, my I've never God. seen the beginning Maybe of Friends should... either. The beginning is awful, but um, there. Oh, okay. Well, for the listeners, then at the very end, like that scene or like the lead up to like Ross and Rachel with the airport and like the whole like last couple of scenes with them, I, it, like the Shit's Creek finale hit me just as hard as that like I remember watching the Friends finale as a child like with my mom and being like emotional about it (laughs) and this was like me sitting in my bedroom being just like uh, I'm just a complete mess and then you know what I did I hurt myself more and watched the documentary after (laughs) oh yeah and was just even more of a wreck there there was one thing in it that he said in the document that Daniel Levy said in the documentary that made me so just like happy to be, I don't want to say happy, happy to be an artist because that sounds dumb, but like that he was describing that he, it like, he can't comprehend that people actually watch the show because when they film it, it's like a really small crew in the middle of nowhere in the middle of Canada so he's like, we're so like off by ourselves that it feels like it's something that happens there and never like goes anywhere else. And I was like, wow, like I know I, I, I felt that with a podcast before and it yeah. made me so like overly emotional about it. And I, oh God, it was a lot. Did you watch the video of the cast reacting to the letters from moms of queer kids? Yes. And what what got me is that, correct me if I'm wrong, but Daniel is the only gay person at that table. The girl who plays Stevie is. Oh, really? Yeah, she was engaged to her. Whoa. A woman who we talked about on the podcast, Teddy Geiger. Oh my God, why do I know that name? I've said it before. She's the woman who was like a big time music producer and then she transitioned. Do you want to know something terrible? What? <laughs> the first person that came to my mind when you said Teddy Geiger was that female cult leader that you showed me once that you were like, she's hot. Oh, Allison Mack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was like, oh yeah, that's Teddy Geiger. <laughs> not quite. Could not be more different. Um, it, it was just like the collective feeling at that table that like really got me and then when dan took the packet and was like let me see the names and just started flipping through every page just like glancing at the names i was i 
overcome. Yeah. It made me very emotional, even though I don't watch the show. I'm so glad that that show exists. And I feel like, I mean, I've said this one billion times in the podcast, but if that was around when I was younger, like that would have been awesome. So I'm glad that it, I'm glad that it exists. I wish it was, well, no, I guess it's on Netflix, so it is accessible to watch. But um, so that's just like what happened, I guess, last week. I don't even know what day. I was on the phone with my mom and I was like, can I ask a weird question? What day is it? (laughs) My dad was in the background and was like, really? And I was like, I know that it's like Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday. I know it's the middle of the week, but I don't know which one it is. Which one was it? Um, It was Tuesday. Nope, Wednesday. Yeah, it was Wednesday. And I was like, I think it's Tuesday. And he was like, nope, it's fully Wednesday. Um, The the finale is David's wedding to Patrick. Oh, okay. And the wedding is supposed to be like very lavish and they spent a lot of money on it and like all of this stuff. And then it rains and they have to cancel the wedding. And the, the like whole town comes together and like puts together like a makeshift wedding. And... Uh, they like have the wedding anyway and it's just like so beautiful and the things that go wrong during the wedding are like they pull it off in like a very shit's creek way where it's like that's a really terrible thing to happen at a wedding but it doesn't matter right now and it comes off as like very funny and it just like was very magical and great and then um the very i mean do you want me to tell you what happens at the very end sure they so essentially everybody's successful at the end of the show in their own right and they like built themselves up and it comes time to separate and like leave the motel and go off into their respective lives but david has chosen to stay with his husband in the town um and alexis is going to new york to be a pr person for a fictional version of netflix um (laughs) moira and johnny are um moving to moving back to LA and they're running they're now like going to run a chain of motels and the very last moment of the show is all of them saying goodbye to each other and it's the first time like when you think back to the very very beginning of the show like they would have never said goodbye in the way that they say goodbye at the end of the show and they just like truly all care about each other and have like learned their lesson so to speak and it's just like so emotional (laughs) That's nice. I like that. I don't know why, but it was just, like, so emotional watching, like, a mother-daughter that, like, never got along and, like, always had problems with each other and didn't really know each other, like, say I love you to each other. And then, like, same with a, with a father and son. And, like, like it just, oh, God, it was so good. Anyway, this is not a Shits <laughs> Creek podcast. <laughs> okay, because I have more, I'm going to take the next one. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay, have you heard about the James Charles um, reality show? No. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to do the second because I feel like you would love the concept. I hate James so, Charles. Me too. It is a reality show um, that James Charles will be hosting. It starts April 24th. <laughs> like literally next week, the week after. Next week, Something yeah. Like that. I don't know where... Oh, it's streaming on YouTube for free. So I guess it starts on the 20th on YouTube. And it is, he's, it's being like noted as a glow up slash RuPaul crossover. It's being called like Charles's influencer race. (sighs) 
And then, hold on, hold on. The prize will be $50,000 plus other unconfirmed prizes. (laughs) (laughs) And it seems like, oh, there's a trailer for it. I actually have not seen the trailer, but there is one for it. Um, It's called Instant Influencer. And it looks like it's just going to be like a competition of who's the best influencer (laughs) out of the people that James Charles has chosen. Here's the two different things I have to say about it. A, there's a lot of drama behind it right now on Twitter because people are saying that like they were asked to do it but turned it down because of like sketchy reasons. And they were like, I'm already an influencer. Like I don't need to go on a James Charles show. James Charles' show. So I'm hoping that that means that the rest of the people that are competing, it looks like there are seven are like influencer wannabes instead of like actual influencers. And it looks like it's going to be heavily like beauty related. Oh, that's just a community I do not involve myself with. (laughs) Me neither. I remember when the James Charles thing happened. With Tati. Yeah, like the videos and like the, what was it, Coachella or whatever and stuff. Yeah, or whatever. When that happened, I was like, whoa, I'm suddenly immersed in a world that, like, I didn't know people cared this much about. Yeah. Do you follow any influencers? Um, I mean, that's a complicated question. My mom asked me the other day what makes someone an influencer, and I couldn't answer. <laughs> I mean, like, I follow Bachelor people who are influencers. Okay. I don't follow... And I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Or I guess let me rephrase. Do you follow any influencers because they're influencers? No. Interesting. Okay. Do you? I follow um, three. I used to follow four, but I unfollowed the fourth one because I was like, I, your lifestyle is something I will never necessarily get, get into. <laughs> gotcha. Two of them are hair and like, men's care influencers that are also really hot <laughs> and okay the third and the third one who's the third one? Oh, oh the third one is uh, this is stupid but a friend of one of the other ones but he's scottish and they look identical so i just follow them both <laughs> <laughs> they're they're like in each other's stuff a lot but they're not necessarily like a pair <laughs> god they're so hot but I, fo- but I definitely follow them to, like, see their things. Yeah. It's just a bonus that they're hot. So I guess, you know what? I am bored enough that I might watch the first episode and get back to you next week. Oh, God. Okay. I will not. <laughs> I will say, just looking at the people that are competing, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you a picture. Okay. Right and now. listeners, this picture is on our Instagram. <laughs> okay. Mm, sending, sending, send. Okay. First of all, (laughs) James Charles looks horrible in this picture. James Charles looks like Sophia the Robot. Oh, you're very right. In this picture and also sort of always. Second of all, Mm. I am attracted to some of these influencers. Who? Let me guess. Let me guess. Um, The one squatting and the one sitting. Yes. And yes. (laughs) I would say the one standing in the silver with the purple, but I don't like the purple. 
standing in the silver with the purple. Yeah, I don't like the purple either. See, stop it. Who do you think you like the most? I like this person with the pink jacket. Me too. I like them and the one squatting. Yeah. The one squatting looks too good for the show. Oh, absolutely. The one squatting also looks maybe older than most of these people. (laughs) Maybe older than James. I'm not sure. Anyway, so that's like teenagers. That's instant influencer. And do you know what the fun part is? All of these people will be influencers at the end of the show because they were all on the show. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. Just Just one of them will have $50,000. Right. And other unconfirmed prizes. Right. Well, maybe some of the other ones will have other unconfirmed prizes. I just love that it's unconfirmed prizes, but the show starts next week. I know. I'm like, is this going to be live? I I have lots of questions. Maybe it's like um, Drag Race this season where they're like, and $50,000 also went to this charity. <laughs> well, oh, well, never mind. I'm not, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Go ahead. You do one. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is, let me look at my list. Oh, Antony's new show. Oh, Jesus Christ. Can we just decide as a people not to watch it? I don't want to watch it, but I think it, the concept seems really wacky. So it's a romantic comedy created by Antony and the creator of Blackish, Kenya Barris. I can't tell if it's a show or a movie, actually. It seems like it's going to be a show. Because it, it says these two people are writing the screenplay. That's so weird. Would you call it a teleplay if it was like a... I think I would call it a script. Like a shooting script? Yeah. It's called Girls and Boys, and it's loosely based on his real-life dating experiences as a sexually fluid man. Man, not men. He's not multiple people. <laughs> and I just think it's ridiculous that we keep giving Antony things. I mean, I told you, I went to his book signing and cooking demonstration, and it was the worst thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. And you went to his restaurant, right? Yeah, I've been to his restaurant a handful of times, and it's been good every time. I I actually really like it there. But it's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like, you look at his menu, and you're just like, that's dumb. But then you eat it, and you're like, this is good. But, like, the concept of it is still dumb. Like, when you get your food, it comes, like, in a lunch tray. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's like, it's so weird. I think he's he just, so weird. He's so weird. He's he's just bad. I just know in my heart that he is bad. I um, have no proof. Update, it is a movie. Is. It's a movie? Okay. Yeah. I just know that he, like, he has a rotten soul. <laughs> I, here's my problem with it. I think... Something very interesting about Antony is that his exterior persona and his actual persona are wildly different. Like, he is the weirdest, like, gerbil in the bunch and (laughs) has the body and looks of a really hot Tim Burton character. Yeah. And I don't think that he balances the two well. (laughs) I agree. Um, But I'm like, okay, cool. Sexually fluid man. First of all, didn't know that about him. It might be because he, throughout his Queer Eye fame, has, like, had boyfriends who all look exactly the same. So I don't know how fluid that is, but 
I don't know, you know, the extent of his entire dating life or anything like that. But if I watch a movie about anybody's dating life, it wouldn't be his. No, never in a million years would I be like, what do I want to watch tonight? Oh, the movie about Anthony, whatever is the dating life. Yeah, I who have they announced any sort of like star? No, just that it's him and Kenya Barris creating it. And then the writers also wrote plus one which I've never heard of. Um, okay, well, they also wrote the Coming to America sequel and the new Witches movie. Oh, so they've had interactions with Anne Hathaway. <laughs> wait, let me confirm. Okay, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Who did that? Ferris's upcoming credits include screenplays for Paramount's Coming to America sequel and Robert Zeckman's Z- Zemanics. Zemeckis. Uh, Zemeckis, which is remake. But then, who wrote Plus One? Andrew Reimer and Jeff Chan, the filmmaker. Oh, 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 oh. Then who's Barris? Hold on, now I'm... Now I'm Kenya Barris is the creator of Batch of Blackish. Okay, great, great, great. She? She? No. No, he. he. Okay, he's the story developer. So the yes. story developer of this is the screenplay writer for the Coming to America sequel and The Witches. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know Kenya Barris did that. But yeah, I think I'm going to reserve my opinion until maybe there's a cast. Like if it's just like a hot white guy, while I would love to watch it, it would be incredibly boring. Yeah. And I want to know like how far they take the sexual fluidity. Yeah, I think it would. I mean, I do think it would be very cool to see a rom-com with love interests of multiple genders. Mm-hmm. I just hope it's not an Anthony stand-in who's like a conventionally attractive white guy. Right. Oh my God, I actually have not seen The Thing About Harry yet. The Thing About Hair? The Thing About Harry. Hair. Oh, the... Um, I the, haven't it yet. That gay rom-com? Yeah, it was the gay rom-com on ABC Family that I was like obsessed with i like haven't felt safe enough to watch it sure maybe i'll do it for next week okay so have you heard of we're here we are here we're here but yeah we are here sounds like an alien movie well it is an unscripted drag series that's premiering on hbo next week i just imagine next week is the rest of my life next week is yeah Yeah, everything's happening next week <laughs> it stars Bop the Drag Queen, Eureka O'Hara, and Shangela. And they visit, in each episode, they'll visit a different small town and try to inspire and teach their own drag daughters to step outside of their comfort zone for a night of no holds barred, full on drag. That sounds So cute. I guess that they're just going to like make over like local drag queens, I guess. Yeah. Um, they'll be in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania for the premiere and then later episodes is twin falls idaho and branson missouri so if you're in those places keep an eye out yeah it looks really fun um i guess well yeah it comes out next friday so we will talk about it in two weeks i guess yeah right because i'm probably gonna watch this uh i really like bob even though Bob doesn't really work a lot. <laughs> we saw Bob at um, the Stonewall Opera. Yes, we did. He opened. Um, it 
Oh, that is not what the show is about. Oh. Okay. It is a six-part unscripted series set to debut next week. We're here will show small-town residents as they're recruited and trained to participate in a one-night-only drag performance. Oh, okay. So it, it basically is the same thing. But I wonder if it's, like, normal people of the town instead of, like, gay drag, drag queens, queens of the town. The yeah. Yeah. Now I'm... Okay, now I'm curious. That makes me more interested in it, actually. Yeah. Speaking of, have you seen, like, the trailer for um, Celebrity Drag Race? I have. I was watching something. I think I was watching a YouTube video, and the trailer for Celebrity Drag Race popped up ahead of it. And Mm -hmm. it made me confused and also sort of interested. (laughs) Because as far as I can tell... It's, they make celebrities over into drag queens, but they're not going to reveal in advance what celebrities are the drag queens. Right? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's as much of, like, the masked singer <laughs> as as that sounds. <laughs> I wish. And as far as I know, like, it's not a secret who's in the show. They just haven't told anybody yet. Like, they haven't announced it. My big question for it that I've had answers, but I, I just don't believe them, is if it's episodic or if it's a full season. Like, say, you know, Matt Bomer, because I bet he's one of the people. Yeah, that um, would make sense. Like, yeah, like, say Matt Bomer's in it. Is he only in one episode or is he going to be in all six episodes or however long it is? And there's only three, three or four drag queens that are doing it every episode. So, like, I'm very confused as to how it works. Yeah. Um, and what the prize is. And looking at, uh, like, Rue's ventures beyond normal drag race, all of them are terrible. Including right. the Drag Race Christmas special and, like, it's just all, like, I haven't seen a good thing come out of Rue besides Drag Race and All-Stars. And even then, the first season of All-Stars was bad. So I, I, I am, I'm very nervous, but I'm also very curious. I will say, here's some tea that I think I can share. Okay. <laughs> I have heard from one of the drag queens that, are, that will be on the show that it is the most fun that they've ever had in drag. Oh, that's nice. So I'm very curious. But also, like, if I was painting Matt Bomer's face, like, I'd be having a blast. But that starts... Oh, my gosh. When does that start? I think it starts next week or something. Everything is next week. Yeah. April 24th, next week. Oh, it's a four-part competition. Sorry. Oh, do you want to hear who fans think will be on RuPaul's Drag Race? Yeah. You mean Celebrity Drag Race? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I just found out what they win. The winner will ultimately be crowned America's next celebrity drag superstar and receive a cash prize to be donated to a charity of their choice. Oh, good. There will be 12 celebrities in total. And one of the challenges will be a roast. (laughs) Can't wait for that. Okay, so people thank Andrew Garfield. That would make sense. Billy Porter. Uh Uh-huh. Which I don't think that's fair. fair. That's not fair. Gus Kenworthy. Harry Styles. Haley Kiyoko, Leslie Jones, Margaret Cho, Nico Tortorella. Oh my god. 
<laughs> I actually do believe Nico Tortorella, and I do believe Margaret Cho. Yeah, those both make sense. I think that this would be a very smart way for Rue to start introducing women. cis women into yeah. the show. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see, I guess. We'll see next week. <laughs> we certainly will see. What It's the 24th? Yeah. So we'll see in two weeks. Go ahead. You do, you do one. Okay. So I actually, I have some breaking news. Oh. Which is not really news. It's just something really stupid. Broadway.com is doing this thing where it, see us, stop. Broadway.com is doing this thing where it, they commission like a composer and a performer to make a music video for a song from the Imaginary Tiger King musical. Okay. Have you seen this? Yeah. Yeah. So the one they did today, the music video came out six minutes ago. It's called Saf's Song. So you can probably imagine where this is going. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's written by Carmel Dean, but it's performed by one Philip Asu. No. No, it's not. It certainly is. Oh, my God. I'm going to pull up the music video and flip through it. Because it literally came out at noon and it's 12.07. She sang it. <laughs> okay, this is bad. But, <laughs> but luckily, I tweeted about it. And actually, a couple of our followers are tweeting about it, are tweeting at Broadway.com being like, uh, this is not it. But that's just stupid and wrong and should be illegal, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I, I feel like I have so much to say about that and also none at all. Um, I think it's insane that it's Philippa, especially with that character slash person. Yeah. And I can't believe that that's how she's spending her time. <laughs> yeah. Like, it would be crazy if it was any cis woman, because Saf is a trans man. But the fact yeah. that it's Philippa is, is ju- like is crazy for reasons I can't even explain. Yeah, like, like, uh, like my mind knows that it's crazy, but I can't actually articulate it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that. Um, anyway, next. <laughs> well... Can we just talk about Larry Kramer? What about him? Oh my god, Jay. Well, you obviously have not heard about his new play. Oh, his coronavirus play? Yeah. Yes, I have heard about that. Okay, so, he's for for the listeners, he's writing a play called An Army of Lovers Must Not Die, which I think is a bad title. <laughs> yeah, that is a bad um, title. And, and the plot will deal with, quote, gay people having lived through all three plagues and then it later goes on to say that the three plagues will be COVID-19, HIV and AIDS and the decline of the human body in other words aging yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I wish it would have been like COVID-19, HIV, AIDS and then like the bubonic plague (laughs) like something wildly different I feel like yeah. that would have been way more interesting. But I have said this, I think I've said this to you, but I've said it before. Like, I'm uninterested in any COVID-19 related entertainment. Yeah, same. 
I don't want to see it. I don't want to note to self. I don't want to see that. It's weird because that's someone um, when I was like, you should watch Itania. She was like, I don't, I don't want to. And I didn't understand that. And now I do. Okay. I actually only have, I think two more things. I have two more things as well. Oh, amazing. Oh, wait, let me just, let me just drop this. Uh, did you watch Nanette? No. Gotcha. Well, Hannah Gatsby has a new Netflix special coming out called Douglas. Yeah, um, she recorded it in the East Village. Yeah, I tried to get tickets to it, and it was so fucking expensive. Yeah, it was like $100 um, per ticket, right? Yeah, and there weren't a lot of seats, and I was pissed. Um, I will be watching it. It's on May 26th on, on Netflix. We really so love I, Netflix like, on this on this podcast. It's weird. I... <laughs> It, it's weird because I feel like Netflix is so universal now that I don't have to ask people if they have it. Yeah. Like, if it's like, oh my God, but how am I going to watch a movie? I'll be like, it's on Netflix. And just be, everyone's like, oh, okay, great. Um, so I guess buy stocks and Netflix, I guess. <laughs> I have two things to talk about. One is a show. One is a documentary. The show we can just like acknowledge real quick. It's called High Town and it's going to be on Stars. Which is apparently like the place for lesbian content because it has Vita as well. Um, uh-huh. And it's about a lesbian in Provincetown who finds a dead body <laughs> and is Are also you an, serious. Yeah. And is also like a drug addict. So the trailer is interesting. I don't think I'm going to watch it. It doesn't look like my kind of show. Just thought I should mention you it. You sent it to me? The trailer? Yeah. Yeah right now because you know that yeah because you know that's like right up my alley right now that's true it reminds me of like a lesbian broad church (laughs) kind of having never seen the trailer (laughs) the last thing i have to talk about is a documentary that i think looks really like fun and wacky and also very sad um it's called circus of books i know nothing about this great let me see when it comes out it comes out next week Probably next week. April 22nd. So yeah, next week. (laughs) Don, we have so much to do next week. So it's about a bookstore that was in West Hollywood starting in the 60s. And it was for a long time the biggest seller of gay porn and erotica in the country. And it's run by this like old straight couple. I guess they weren't old when it opened because it was open for 50 years. But, you know, this straight couple who were like just very accepting and they were like we're just gonna feature gay porn because like why not it's also porn and we're a porn store so the trailer is basically them being like yeah we didn't realize what we were doing but we had a lot of fun doing it and then we made all these gay friends and then the trailer takes a wild turn where halfway through the music changes and it gets like sad music and you see a, a news report that says with 800 cases nationwide no one has any answers on the gay related immune deficiency and i was like oh no oh my god and then it turns into like they were like an organizing spot during the aids crisis and it all of their employees were like were gay and so they had to keep calling families and being like your son is sick you need to come be a part of his life and the parents would be like no (gasps) yeah and even crazier sharon needles worked there what i think no, sorry, Alaska Thunderfuck. Oh my god, even better. 
And Alaska is apparently like part of, or is, because I saw in the trailer, is like one of the talking heads in the movie. Talking heads? Like narrating like and talking to the camera. No, oh, like oh, oh, gotcha. What's it called it, again? It's called Circus of Books. Because the store, I think, was also called Circus of Books. I, I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm picking up the trailer now to watch later. Was that the last thing you had? That was the last thing I had, yeah. Okay. One is actually kind of sad in that prides all over the country, are, or actually all over the world, are being completely canceled and not yeah. postponed. Yeah, which, that sucks. Which, like, I get, because A, you can't really postpone it and then just throw a whole pride together. Like, that takes a full year for, of, like, planning. Yeah. Um, I guess they're also canceling it to not inspire gays to like throw their own which would like bring people like to get there right physically so i guess they're like no it's we're like not doing it this year like don't don't have fall. parties like, don't. yeah i'm curious as to what's gonna happen with new york but i i thought that was important to mention yeah okay so the last thing that i have to talk about before we talk about feel good correct <laughs> <laughs> is unorthodox oh god and right. I, let me get some water I don't, on. well I don't want to spend too much time on it oh okay then I'll get my water before I feel good actually no go ahead and get your water because this is going to bleed into feel good I think okay okay I'm back so unorthodox I watched it on Netflix and I semi live texted it to you mm-hmm. <laughs> it's six episodes I think maybe less on Netflix with, and then there's a making of special after it that I actually think is very important to watch. But essentially it's about a girl who lives in the Pacific Jewish community of Williamsburg in, I guess, present day. And she escapes in the very first scene. Like it starts with her escape. And then it kind of spirals and tells you all these different stories between from her past and why uh, she left and what the the actions that happened that actually led her to that decision. Um, and then this story about after she's left, uh, about what happens to the family after she's left and how they react to it. And also like how she kind of creates her new person and per- or not personality necessarily, but like she like, tests all of her beliefs and kind of like creates her own way of thinking and her own path and i think it's like a beautifully put together tv show that apparently is different from the memoir that it's based on but i think it's it's very well executed and very well done and the majority of the the large majority of the cast are all like Israeli actors or like actors who only really act in Jew. I don't want to say like Jewish movies, but like uh, Is- Israeli movies. I I guess I'm not really sure because I'm not familiar with that. Um, like style that uh, that's I don't know how to put it. That like uh, that world of movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm not super sure. But they're, it's not like Chloe Grace Moritz as a Hasidic Jew. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> like trying to escape. Like it's these stories being told by people who like actually understand this world. Like one of the the guy that plays the girl's brother-in-law, who's actually like the big villain of the show, is escaped from Brooklyn from like a Hasidic Jewish community in Brooklyn. And he went into the audition and was like, This is literally my story. So like you have to cast me. <laughs> Um, and a lot of people from the cast were like that, who were like, I have family that live there or like I ha- like I like in extension know very deeply a lot of this community. So it's just like a really nice all around TV show to watch being told by people who like actually understand this. And it's so good and so great to watch. So that's what I have to say about the show. Great. Now, why oh. it's important to one more thing. Okay. <laughs> there are lesbians on it. <laughs> Yes, so I've heard. And and it is crazy to me. I don't want to turn this into a religious episode, but the one thing that I don't like about Unorthodox, the show, is they harp a lot on why this part of the religious sect is, like, bad and how misogynistic it is and how this is like a really strong word but like how cult like it is Mm -hmm. they never really show the other side of it of like why people do it and why people believe in it and what the belief actually is so i I do think it's a little one-sided and with that they have these two lesbian characters in the show and they never talk about it I texted you at one point and the main lesbian character, whose name I don't know, she escapes from the community when she's younger after she's the mother of the main character. And she's like living in Berlin through most of the show. And they never talk to you about the family's reaction to her having um, a girlfriend, which she does. And she lives with her girlfriend. They never tell you like, she literally runs into her ex-husband in the Jewish community after being in Berlin. And there's no comment on it at all. And like, she very easily could have had a boyfriend and it would not have changed a syllable of the show. And so I think it's really interesting that they put that in and then just like decided not to comment on it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and they, you only see the girlfriend maybe twice like in passing and i think it's maybe supposed to just represent her having found her own path after um she escaped i'm not i'm not totally sure and there's like a really great thing that they could have done so all of this stuff after she escapes is partially fictional and in it she like establishes this really great relationship with this other woman the main girl the like younger girl that escapes um and i was like wow this could have been a really great message to like young Jewish lesbians. If you would have let her um, experiment with this girl that she meets in Berlin while having a mother who left the community and found love with another woman. Like, I, I don't know. There's just like so much more that I could have done with it that they just like actively didn't. Hmm. Anyway, I wanted to put this as the last thing that we talked about because I want to be able to reference it when we talk about feel good. Okay. Um, so feel good. Yes. My favorite show. What did you think? Did I you like it? it? I loved it. Interesting. I hated 
or no, I actually, really, I, I enjoyed the first episode and then I did not like it for the second episode and maybe part of the third episode. And then around the end of the third episode through the rest of it, I was hooked. And I feel like that maybe just had to go, had something to do with the fact that it's so, that it's so short that they had, they had, they did spend like a long time setting everything up. Yeah. Agreed. And, and I feel like the second half of the show is maybe like the actual story that they're trying to tell. And I feel like that half is like so strong and I love it. And I, I, I hope that they get a season two. Me too. Um, one thing I will say is that my therapist also loved Feel Good, which is crazy because in the four years I've been seeing her, she has never gotten a pop, a pop culture reference. <laughs> um, uh, okay. like she hadn't even heard of Gone Girl when I talked about Gone Girl once. And then I was like, so we're watching Feel Good. And she was like, I loved that show. And I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. So that was uh, a crazy, just a crazy little tidbit about Feel Good. But yeah, I get what you mean about it taking a lot of time for setup. I think it it gets like really good in episode three. Mm-hmm. I think because there are only six episodes. And I can't remember what exactly happened in each episode. But I remember at first being like, oh, yeah, this is fine. But then once I watched episode three, I then watched all the rest of them at once. Mm-hmm. I will say that I find the girlfriend insufferable. She's horrible. She's absolutely horrible. And I, I think it maybe also has something to do with her look, which is something terrible to say. But there's something so, and again, this is another terrible thing to say, but plain, especially next to all of these other characters that are so much more interesting. And I'm like, you're who this show is about? <laughs> I will, Partially, I, at least. Yeah, I get what you mean. It's, I don't. I don't think she looks plain. But, um, she just like next next to like the main character and Lisa Kudrow and right. all of the people that like all the people that May does comedy with. Like I and then it like pans over to her and she's just like this normal white girl <laughs> just sitting in the corner. See, I actually kind of like that though. I like oh. that. Like I thought it was interesting. To, to sort of, like, I thought what they were saying was, like, it's hard for someone, quote-unquote, normal to, like, be involved with someone with mental health issues, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah, I can totally get behind that. Because, like, um, I found that to be true. Change of feeling question. Out of the three main lesbians, who's the hottest? Oh, Lava, for sure. Okay, good. Because when she was like, if you were my girlfriend, I'd make you come in under a minute. I was like, oh. (laughs) Who are you? She is so hot. She is also exactly my type. (laughs) Yeah, out of the three of them, she, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what are your thoughts on the ending? The ending kind of, like the whole last episode, I thought was... Like, it made sense in the series, but I didn't like it because I didn't want anything that happened in it to happen. You know? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, yeah. It kind of... Di- you you did not watch Euphoria, but it essentially right. has the exact same season finale as Euphoria did. And I... or It, it just parallels it a lot. And I completely agree with you in that things were happening in the finale where I, as a, as a viewer, was like, no, like, don't do this. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, when the girlfriend showed up and was like, come back to my house with me, and May was like, okay, I was like, May, no, don't do that. You've just made a really healthy decision, and now you're making a terrible one. Yeah. I feel like they really, like, at, when that episode ended, I was like, oh, well, the finale's next. And then I was like, oh, no, like, that's the finale. Like, that's how you're going to leave these characters. And I feel like it really cut off mid-climax. I totally agree. I definitely thought there was another episode coming. Um, in the Euphoria season finale, if you, uh, for those of you who have not seen it, um, there, it's essentially all of that. And then the, the girlfriend character decides not to be with her anymore. And she then does like another bump and it doesn't go well for her. And that's how the show ends or the season ended. And so I was like, Oh no, that's how this is going to go. And then it didn't. And I was like, I, I think this might even be worse because you're, you made, yeah, you like, you made a really healthy conscious decision and are now going back against it. But I'm kind of happy that you guys are back together, but like it, I know that it will hurt in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. I think also the thing that I loved most about that season finale is I feel like we've seen a lot of stories that are like uh, kind of like in Pose where it's like uh, what, what, um, who's the main gay guy in Pose? It's like Swain is his Ricky? last name. Ryan Jamal Swain. Yeah. he When he gets kicked out of his house in the first episode, in the pilot episode, I was like, or we talked about like how nice it is to see a show about somebody who like loses that connection with their birth family and creates a family within the LGBT community. I really love that. And I really love those stories. But now after this, I was like, wow, it's also important to show this family that's like struggling to stay together for a multitude of reasons. And the relationship that May has with, um, I keep wanting to say Valerie Cherish. Um, but Lisa has Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow, I think, is one of my favorite parts of the show. Me and too. And at the end, when she was like, I have to tell you something, and then brought up the article, and they had that moment together, I was like, this is actually so well written. Yeah. And when, um, in the last episode, when May is like, I think I need to come home, and Lisa Kudrow is like, all right, I'm booking you a flight. Everything is fine. You're going to call me later. I'm booking you a flight. I'm going to get my credit card. That part made me, like, really emotional. When she was like, I'm going to put soup on him. And she yells to the husband and it's like, get the bones. Yeah. Like, yeah, that it made me really emotional because she very easily could have been like, no. And I feel like we get a lot of those stories because those stories are equally important. But I really like this. And I feel like it's a plus that it was also Lisa Goudreau. Yeah, because she's like the best actor ever. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like she's everybody's mom she really crazy aunt what did you think of the show like overall like why did you love it so much overall i really loved it i think it was just because it was a lot of it was stuff i had never seen before on a tv show like you know a lesbian who is like comfortable being a lesbian and i did tweet about this and we can talk about it later about the whole like one of the lesbians is not already out and comfortable um in the relationship but just having a, or I guess May doesn't identify as a lesbian, but like having a protagonist who is just like 
really messed up and having a lot of trouble, but not because of their sexuality mm-hmm. was just like really meaningful to me because I feel like so often queer main characters have like a chip on their shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, because they're queer and just seeing someone who is like, like when the, the bad comedian guy is like sexually harassing May and May says like, Oh, I don't really label myself. Like everything. I don't really care. I was like, good for go girl. Good for you. No, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But then that does also bring up. So I tweeted. Yes. Okay. This is also where I want, I want to talk about orth- unorthodox. Among many other things, I would like to see a lesbian relationship in film slash TV slash whatever, where they've both been out of the closet long enough to have a, a healthy relationship with their queerness. I've literally never seen this. Which was indeed referring to Feel Good, where um, it just reminded me of, like, every other lesbian couple I've ever seen where one of them is, like, not out yet. Or, like, one of them, like, has a bad relationship with their parents and the other one is, like, well, you have to invite them to the wedding. You know, that trope. And, like, mm-hmm. or, like, like I was just saying, like, I'm a lesbian, but I'm so conflicted about it and I, f- like, feel crazy and don't know what to do and, uh, like, SOS. Yeah. And even though May was not like that, May had like gender identity, like questions and issues, but that is like a whole different thing for me. And that's something that I also really was like, this is never shown of like someone at the beginning of this journey trying to figure it out. Um, yeah. What, one of my favorite parts of the show is when she puts the dress on yeah. and like, like looks herself in the mirror. There was something so magical about magical is the wrong word i'm going to use it (laughs) about when she looked at herself in the mirror because you like really felt the fluidity yeah and i've never seen that portrayed so accurately visually before just like totally watching her watching her present so masculine and then just like immediately like not even transitioning because she didn't like move her body in any specific way or anything but you just like totally understood the fluidity of her gender in that in just like a non like a no words scene. And I was yeah. like, fuck, that's so good. Exactly. I agree. But so you wanted to say something well, you wanted to say something about lesbian couples in media. Yeah. So <laughs> so I feel like I, it was mainly that I just wanted to add on to what you were talking about because I noticed it with unorthodox as well. But I feel like anytime that we don't see those the kinds of stories that you're talking about being told it's a lesbian couple that is in a relationship they're happy content and they're maybe 12 years into the relationship and they mm-hmm. are like off side characters like yeah there's and they're no in between like twice yeah <laughs> yeah there's truly never an in between and i do understand that like you can kind of make these arguments for heterosexual stories as well but i think it's so like in that it's like oh let's make a rom-com about a gay guy what are the issues gay guys go through oh coming out great we'll do that and i feel like those conversations are had with straight couples as well where it's like oh we're going to tell a rom-com about a straight couple what are the issues that straight couples go through well let's say one of them cheats on each other great we'll make a whole movie about that so i feel like like there are tropes on all aspects but I feel like the lesbian one, the lesbian tropes in all media almost is almost stronger than any of the others. Is that weird to say? 
No, because I, def- I definitely agree with you. I think, I mean, straight couples, I think there are a lot more tropes just because there's a lot more media about straight couples. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. But I think, like, in, the ter- in terms of gay male couples versus lesbian couples... I, I, I mean, I think it's also the same thing about straight couples. Like, I think there are just more gay men represented in film and TV than there are queer women who aren't in the closet. It, it's, it's crazy to me that there is no persona for that. That makes sense. What do you mean? If I were to say, imagine, and uh, how do I want to say this? If I wanted to say, okay, if I was a casting director and I was trying to cast like a late 20s white gay guy, I would be able to think of, you know, 20 people that could come in for that part. Right. If I was trying to cast a 20-something lesbian girl for a TV show or whatever, I would be like, well, I actually don't know who that is. Does that make sense? No, that definitely makes sense. I actually can't visualize that person because there are there are so like i because there's there has not been a representation of that at all i feel like there's no media persona for that besides like ellen page i guess right but, like even then not really yeah i don't know i feel like i know what i'm saying but i'm articulating it really terribly no i think i know what you're saying i think i think the problem is just that I, I, I sort of feel like the problem you're articulating is that, and this is all obviously for white people only because, you know, yeah. you think about like a black gay man and you're like, hmm, pose and nothing else. But I think for white gay men, there's like a monolith of like, they're all the same that mm-hmm. film and TV has kind of created. Um, yeah. And then for lesbians, there's not even that yet. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Love it. God, this feels great. <laughs> um, Love to express my I did, thoughts. I, I really like it, though. I feel like it, I really liked the um, ideas of addiction that it talks about. Totally. That, it, that, like, I feel like it's the first time that there was a sentence said in it where I was like, that's the first time I've ever heard that when they, like, explain their definition of addiction mm-hmm. which is like doing anything repeatedly knowing the like negative con- uh, consequences against it and i was yeah. like fuck i do so many things that i know are terrible but i keep doing them like all the time not that that makes me an addict but i was like i've never looked at it like that before yeah it made me it, it made me miss nurse jackie honestly i feel like the two <laughs> shows kind of going yeah they really do actually like like i'm not trying to say that to be an asshole like i think that they do anyway Uh, so feel good we love it i feel like it's the best lesbian um media i've taken in (laughs) in in a while yeah i definitely agree yeah like i i know this is hard maybe hard for you to hear but i actually think i enjoyed it more than portrait of a lady on fire well i mean it's a completely different thing (laughs) i know (laughs) as i was saying that i was like well this one takes place in present day (laughs) yeah it takes place in present day it's a comedy (laughs) 
Portugal the Empire feels like it's six hours long and this is three hours long. <laughs> oh, one thing I did love about Feel Good, the running bit of them not being able to come up with fake names, I thought was so funny. Even from the beginning uh, when the girlfriend's like, my boyfriend's name is Jonathan Crenshaw. <laughs> and then they refer mm-hmm. to him as Jonathan Crenshaw every single time. I love that. And then I loved her like mouthing like, this is Jonathan Crenshaw. <laughs> yeah. And then my favorite moment of the entire show was when she was trying to like do the police officer role play and May was like not into it. <laughs> and the girlfriend was like, my name is Detective Parks. Detective Rosa Parks. <laughs> I had to pause and I was laughing. Wasn't so there an Anne Frank joke? There was, yeah. I can't remember what it was, but I know there was. Oh, God. That was very so funny. funny. I really liked <laughs> when she's like, come fuck me in the closet at work and it's a school. Yeah. <laughs> she shows up and gets like stuck in the closet. <laughs> that I did love that when she was stuck in the closet for the entire lesson. Yeah. I also, I also liked the whole, like, I, I've never seen anything talk about strap-ons more than this show. Oh, yeah. Anytime they talked about it, I was like, this is amazing. And, like, showing strap-ons, I was thrilled. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. That's, like, that's a, that's a, that's a (laughs) strap-on. I have seen one before, but. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what are we watching for next (laughs) week? So, I guess we're watching a lot for next week. But what, what do you think the one thing should be that people should watch with us? Okay, this is gonna sound crazy, but I have oh an idea. God. Okay, I think uh, we no. should all okay. watch Lazy Susan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've seen half of it. You watched it? Yeah, I watched like half of it, and then I turned it off for reasons that did not have to do with the quality of it. I think we should all watch it for next week. I mean, Maybe. I yeah, we can do that. Yeah, let's do it. Did you? How did you watch it? How can we tell people to watch it? Um, well, I downloaded it. <laughs> Let me see if it's like... Let me see Googled, where it is. Oh, I googled Lazy Susan and it's all like trays. Okay, Lazy Susan. Okay, you can get it on Amazon Prime for six ninety nine or Google Play for six ninety nine. That seems to be it. Oh, yeah. But if you want to illegally download it, that's also fine. <laughs> oh my god so yeah we'll be we'll be talking about this crazy movie next week and i don't think we should say what it is because i would love for people to be surprised yeah that i mean we did talk about it did we tweeted about it but we didn't talk about it oh okay yeah so everyone have fun with it i guess i actually like it so far oh okay do we have anything else hey, to talk about? Not, not, not really. Well, I finished my water, so. <laughs> okay. Great. Well, that's all I have. All right. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Yeah, I'll, I, I will talk to you then. All right. Bye. Bye.